What is going on, everyone? Mike Singer and Mike Goolsby uh, for the, this week's Mike Goolsby Show. And we have a superb guest, a recurring guest here on our Notre Dame, our, our YouTube channel here, Cover Notre Dame Football, uh, Blue and Gold. Uh, and that's Chris Zorich. So we got a couple of captains uh, and, and Mike Singer. So I feel a little out of my league, but looking forward to tonight's show. Fellas, how you doing, Chris? You doing well? I don't know. I mean, outside the three of us, I think you have the best background. So I think you're you're doing well. Yeah, pretty dope. Ghouls, how you doing, my friend? It puts me in last as far as background, <laughs> but no, I'm good. I'm good. It's good to see Chris again. Talk some ball. Yeah, yeah. You know, Chris, it's funny because I think the last time we had you on our channel was. I want to say it was like around the time Notre Dame scheduled this game. Yeah, yep, it was the announcement. Yep. Yeah. So, were you? What'd you think? And you were there when I texted you if you wanted to join us tonight. You had said that you know, you, your voice might be gone, which is why I sound like like a, a cat and a dog like in a fight. So I do apologize about that. But I was out there yelling my ass off. So what'd you think? I was, I was excited. Um, you know, I mean, it's not just a game. Right. I mean, it was um, a unique uh, situation. It's something that I think that should go on uh, forever. Hope, hope this is not a one off. Um, it created a great environment. Um, however, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, you know, why don't they just pay an, an, an HBCU uh, a ton of money and then, you know, and play somebody else. But, you know, if you're going to play Northern or if you're going to play Central Michigan, you know, why not play an HBCU? And then uh, in terms of the uh, – who stood out to you, Zorich? What, you know, p- players, position groups, anything you liked, uh, you know, particularly in the, in, in the game? Well, unfortunately, I'm just one of those old guys who, for the first two games, I just wanted no injuries. Uh, I could care less – as long as Notre Dame won, um, I, I wanted zero injuries. And these are the games, unfortunately, when the players are a little lackadaisical – uh, the coaching staff could even be sometimes. And, you know, if you're not going 100% every play, you're, you're something's going to happen. And so, you know, I was just hoping and praying that uh, Freeman would have taken out uh, Hartman, like, after the first quarter, but I had to wait till another 15 minutes. Goolsby, I think you might have uh, some more takes on the game. What did you think? Well, it's interesting that you were there, Chris. As I was watching the game – I'm like, well, who's the MVP that's always post-game conversation? And I put, like, maybe the crowd, maybe the fans are the MVP because you know, this this wasn't a marquee matchup. Some of those day games, Chris, can be a little stale sometimes right. at the stadium. It's just a thing. And, uh, you know, based off of watching it off the television, the crowd seemed electric, which is a welcome change at Notre Dame Stadium. I, um, have you seen that atmosphere change from – when you were playing kind of in the golden era, you know, through the years in terms of that game day atmosphere in the stadium specifically? Oh, absolutely. Mike, and it's funny because, um, you know, when you look at the parking lots, they weren't full. And I was talking to a couple other guys and, you know, we were kind of expecting maybe, maybe 75% full, but you know, they, they were almost at, you know, full capacity. And, you know, there's just a couple of sections that were, that were, that weren't, there weren't a lot of, of folks, but I mean, the crowd was, the crowd was electric and I was surprised because when I came to the game, I came in a little late 
and I found a parking spot within like three minutes. And so I was kind of like, ah, you know, this, this isn't going to bode well for TV. And then all of a sudden I walked in the, the bowl was, it was, it was, it was crowded. Filled up. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, when it was overall, I echo Chris's sentiment in terms of trying to keep, stay healthy and Chris doing this brother. I got to like watch these games back a couple times. Right. <laughs> So I, <laughs> I watched that damn Navy game four times. But well, hey, I was going to say, it's, it's like watching film again, right? You more, to, well, I can yell that now. <laughs> I would, if saw anybody out there, I mean, I would pay money to get that tight copy. I <laughs> that tight copy. But uh, the injury thing, I did see Blake Fisher kind of limping off the field at the, right. at the end. So don't be surprised if you don't you know, hear something in the news or ask at a press conference about an ankle. Um but you know this, Chris, back to the film. What do they say about football or any game? It's never as good as it seems, exactly. and it's never as bad as it seems. So that's why I'm at two games into this 2023 season. Is Maybe it's not as good, as good as it seems, and we'll find out here as the schedule picks up. Well, I was just getting a little frustrated because after the Navy game, like there was talk or some people would start talking on social media about – you know, Sam Hartman, he, he could be in the Heisman hunt. And it's like, first of all, timeout. You know, it was Navy. And, and, and it's just, but but unfortunately, you know, as Notre Dame fans, when we see something, we get excited about it. We're like literally all in. And so, you know, there were, I'm sure there were, there were, there were t-shirts getting printed up, uh, Hartman for Heisman, you know, after Navy, which is, which is terrifying. I've got I've got one on order, Singer. <laughs> I think this might be one of my favorite things about this this whole discussion is when you know Drew Pine's your quarterback last year, and Goolsby infamously calls him the jockey, right? A quarterback. Everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, Goolsby! He speaks the truth." That Goolsby. Hey. But then when he says something they don't like. You know, the Irish fans about Hartman, like, hey, guys, let's pump the brakes here a little bit. You know, whatever <laughs> Goolsby says about Hartman, it's Goolsby's lost his mind. What is he talking about? It's yeah. it's funny. It's the It can be confirmation bias. It's like, oh, Goolsby just is truth until he says something I don't like, and then he's not. So that's why you got to be like me. I just don't. I just don't like anything Goolsby says. And then you what's know, your, what's your experience, Chris, in terms of being, you know, in the media, right? You know, as do as a podcaster, having your face on screen. What's that experience been like with you in terms of trying to remain objective when talking about a Notre Dame football program? Well, it, the one thing that I, I, I try to do is I try to be honest all the time. So. I was in this, it was kind of a unique experience, but I was on air with my college football um, ranking show. And my producer was like, Hey, Brian Kelly just left. He, he just left Notre Dame. And I was like, like bullshit. Right. I was like, no way. And he was like, no, seriously. And he showed me and I was like, Oh my God. And, and I had already had Marcus on when he was a defensive coordinator. And so he was like, so how about your boy? And we're on air. So he's like, how about your boy Marcus? And I was like, absolutely not. There's no way, you know, the head coach in Notre Dame has to have experience. So I, I went down this list of folks that I thought sh sh should at least be considered. And then you fast forward and all of a sudden I was wrong, right? So then I say all this to say that. So when I had Marcus back on 
when he was the head coach, the first thing I said was, look, you know what? We were on air. Brian left. I said, there's no way you're going to get the job. He's like, Chris, I didn't think I was going to get the job. So I totally understand what you're talking about. So, you know, it's just one of those things where you have to be honest because as soon as you start kind of, you know, being a homer or, and I won't say dishonest, but if you're not kind of exploring every facet, and fans are going to know, right? Because, you know, you are a certain type of player. And so the way I look at it as, look, I I kind of cover the, the same way I played. A lot of emotion, a lot of fun, and just being honest. Sure. And, and you've been a part of a championship team. So that's like the when, – when we're doing this and even breaking down a Tennessee State, like you still have to be critical in terms of you've got to look at things through a critical eye. Sure. And that lens has to be a championship lens. Is this championship effort? Is this championship execution? Championship athleticism? You name it, Right. Well, I, I used to do that, and I realized because since it's been 1988, way before you were born. Um, Singer. <laughs> uh, the last time we won. So I can't look at it through that lens anymore because, you know, I mean, we don't have Joe Moore anymore. You know, we don't have Holtz anymore. And so, like, things that they did because you screwed up in practice, like, they would be arrested for these days, you know. So, unfortunately, I have to look at it just as objective and just say, you know, hey, you know, this is the way offensive linemen block. This is the way defensive linemen should. You know, is he giving 100% effort? Maybe he's not in this play. But, you know, once you get that perspective, I'm looking at it, and, and it's like, because I'd be too hard. And that's why I couldn't coach. Like, a lot of people are like, Chris, man, you'd be a great coach. I'm like, absolutely not. The first day, I'd be fired. It's fair. You know, that's in- that's an interesting take because i've had several ex-players on i had aaron taylor on who's a teammate of yours right chris yep uh had brady quinn on both guys are doing bang out bang out jobs in the in the you know, in the media covering college football go ahead Mike. shout out to zibby by the way shout out to zibby got yeah. himself a nice job yeah, yeah he's coaching at brown um oh, yeah. oh i didn't know that yeah yeah nice. so he's in the coaching the coaching uh sphere but, you know, I'd ask these guys, Aaron Taylor and Brady Quinn, like, when you watch college football now, do you look at it as an ex-player? Do you look at it as, a you know, an analyst, a professional? And both of them are like, no, we're analysts. And I take the motion out of it. And I'm like, damn, maybe I got something to learn. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, once you get to that level, you know, you That's can't throw that inflection. Like, the first time I was ever in the press box uh, at Notre Dame, no one told me that, you know, you got to be partial. So I'm sitting up there and they're just going, I'm like, yeah. And everybody looked at me like, you don't belong here. Like, why are you here? Sure. That's hilarious. So, yeah, but Mike, I thought the, I thought the game, um, it, it was fine. There is a lot of things to clean up. And, I, again, I just go back to, like, that the margin of victory. And we're talking high-level elite, the Georgia Bamos, Ohio State, LSUs, the marquee programs of the world. When you get into those games, and that's where we want to be. And that's another thing, Chris. Do Notre Dame fans still think about winning a championship? Has it been that long where that's almost looked at as an impossibility? You know, but that's where I'm where I'm critiquing the team. I didn't think the interior line played well. I didn't like our nickel back. I didn't like our return, you know, the kick coverage. These are things that's that, that missed tackles. 
yeah, a ton of missed tackles, some bad angles from linebackers. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, 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 we'll clean it up. And it's like, man, you know, you brought Sam Hartman in for a reason. You got to start kind of getting dialed in. Right. You know, and it's one of those things where, you know, yeah, you'll clean it up, but you're supposed to clean it up against Navy, you know, and you're fortunate enough to have two kind of, let's say, preseason games. Yeah. Before you go into NC State, which, you know, you're playing because that's kind of semi in the conference, right? And so now it's like, well, are we ready to go out there and play? And then, oh, by the way, we have a, hopefully another warm up game before, you know, we actually really get our medal tested. So it's one of those things where hopefully they can get this button down because, and I, I wasn't going around counting them as tackles, but there were enough. And there were a, a couple times where, and I forgot their receiver's name, but I think he either dropped it or he, he could have a touchdown. And that was like in the first quarter. And then that's when you start to get worried, right? Because when, and this is hard, it goes me, and I know it happened to you because it happened to us. It's hard getting pumped up every freaking week, right? And so when you have a huge game going on in two weeks and you're playing Navy or Air Force, it's just not the same. It, it, although you need it to be the same, practice needs to be the same, the intensity needs to be the same, it's just not there. And people don't understand it because it's hard because you're getting 100% every weekend from folks, every weekend. And you gotta, you, you have to emulate that 150%, right, 110%, but it's hard because you're looking going, man, you know what? You know, I got a house state in a couple weeks. And, you know, I'm playing a team that hasn't won a Division One FBS game in like six years. It's so hard. But that's the coach's job, right? The coach's job, he, they need to get on your ass to make sure that you're ready and pumped up to actually play that. And so the intensity level needs to be there. And then the one thing that, that I hate, and, and this is kind of after Marshall last year, um, and this is going to sound weird, but I kind of felt good because I kind of felt the guys were full of themselves because everybody counted Notre Dame out and they almost won. And I think they got back to campus going, you know, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're up there with Ohio State and they got the shit beat out of them, right? And so I think that was like the best thing that could have happened to them. So you look at this year and I think that they've realized that, hey, we're going to get everybody's best at any time. And so now they're, I think they're understanding a little bit better. It wasn't perfect, but I, I think they're understanding a little bit better that they're going to be getting everybody's 110% every, every week. I got some things to, to follow up questions to ask. You'd mentioned you could sense that kind of attitude that, whereas I said that on this show last, last year, Singer, like, I think that they thought that they were better than they were. And in, in, in addition to Chris, I think that Freeman thought, he'd had a better like roster than he actually did. Right. You know, cause they came out hot that first yes. half of that Ohio state game. Like they came out feisty and, and people felt good, man. And they, and I, I mean, I didn't talk to a lot of the guys, but I heard that they came back to campus and they were, you know, they were confident, you know, a couple guys may have missed a class or two cause they're a little pumped up, you know? And, you know, when it got to be Marshall week, and then, you know, they got behind it. And all of a sudden it's like, they're looking around and, and, you know, you've been there. And I mean, I love talking about leadership, 
because there's so many different ways a person can lead. And the biggest thing for me is I want to see what your team does when you're losing, when the chips are down. Because anybody can be the rah-rah leader, the, the pump you up, hey, when, when you guys are winning, right? When you guys are blowing somebody out, everybody's the goddamn leader. But I want to see the guy who's out there taking, taking oh responsibility God. when you're down by two touchdowns and it's in the fourth quarter. You know, that's where the real leadership comes. And I think that's what um, hopefully we're able to see this year if that situation ever happens. But again, I, I referred to kind of uh, last year, I, I wanted to see those guys step up and just say, you know what, I'll take that responsibility. When, and, and, and I didn't hear this from players when they went out and said, you know, hey, it was my fault. I'll take that blame. Well, because you touched on, again, a lot of nuggets, dude. A lot of nuggets in there, brother. So you were saying it's the coach's job to fire up. I would t- tend to – I mean, I guess I agree, but I semi-disagree in terms of, like, you know, you've been on some teams with some great, you know, kinship and all that and been on some great defense. We're on a bunch of tough motherfuckers, and it's like we got to hold each other accountable, you know, in – some of that's the coaches and some of that's us. Sure, sure. And then I think to, to building off of that, like you're talking about in some of these tough games, you know, Zorich is going to step up on that third and long. Like, I'm making this play, you know, like if, I'm going to call my own number. And I, that's what I've questioned in the three years that I've been doing this podcast is like, do these Notre Dame kids, these modern Dame Notre Dame, and God, we sound old. I sound old saying this. <laughs> you don't have the gray hair though. I do, yeah. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> At least I have hair, Chris. Come on, now. <laughs> that's true. <It's> very <laughs> but, uh, but it's like, who wants to step up and like truly compete? And like, when you're in a tough game, that's fun. You know what I'm saying? That's why we're out here. I mean, I'd rather be in a 2021 fist fight than a 40 point blowout. Personally, absolutely. Yeah, that's just my absolutely. wire. It's funny because you know, kind of going on those lines, like. I mean, so for example, like I hear people, not guys on the team, but I hear people saying, man, you know, it'd be great if Ohio State lost before they played us. And I'm like, no, no, what are you talking about? Like, you want to play somebody at their freaking best, bro. You want you want them to be undefeated. You want to give that, you want to play them when they're at their all. And a lot of guys don't understand that, right? And so it's almost like, with this generation, and again, this is why I can't coach. It's like guys look for other people to kind of step up and say something. Or it's almost like you have a group of followers. And I'm, again, I'm not talking about. I know you. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But it's like you got people that are waiting for somebody else to say to say something or to do something. Or the thing I hate is when somebody makes a big play, offense, defense, whatever it is, and then. Then everybody gets excited when, like, 15 minutes ago, the dude made the same tackle, but because you were in the lead, everybody's like, oh, it's okay. Or yeah. or because you were losing, it was like, oh, well, it, it didn't mean that much. You know, it's one of those things where it's like – it's almost like it's situational. Like, the kids are aware because they're watching the screen. You know, they're watching the jumbo trying to go, okay, well, I know not – like, if you ask me during a game what down and distance it was when the offense was out there – no fucking idea. Like I was like, Damn. what? Are you kidding me? But but you got like people almost commentating, and it's almost like if they had their phone, 
they be like doing a selfie, like when the offense is out, like, hey, you know, hey, check it out. someone just scored a touchdown, and it's, it's just different, man. It's just different. No, but that's so funny because I've talked about that. I mean, you know, my co-captain Derek Curry, tell him I love him all the time. I'll get him on the show one of these days. Number forty-nine. Like he grew up in big-time Texas high school football, and bro, he got me aligned. You know, thirty percent of the time, you know, out there as a junior, I had no idea what was going on. I had, literally had no idea. I was just flying <laughs> around. Um, but yeah, that's so funny because you're just focused on you're just competing, you know, and uh, it, it wasn't so much of a chess match back then. But oh, there he is, right yeah, there. Like, in. You, like, like if somebody asks you your name, you, you'd almost have to like think about it. You're, you're like, Mike, Mike, yeah, yeah, Mike, Mike, because like you're so dialed in and. You know, you know what me, I hated? You know what I hated, Chris? You know what I hated? You'd come back to the sideline and coach would be like, what happened on that third name? Be like, fuck do I know? <laughs> what are you asking me for? <laughs> That's so true. It's like, dude, you got the film. You know, yeah. you had somebody out there. Man, You're I'm the coach. Get my ass kicked by somebody, you know? And then I was going to say, for me, on the line, like, literally, I have, like, a fraction of a second to see where this guy's head's going that'll take him to the play. And, like, I don't know shit. You know, and I'll turn around, and very rarely would I be like, hey, you know, it's fourth and third. You know, okay, guys, gets pumped up. Man, I'm sitting there trying to defeat the guy in front of me. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Hey, one thing I wanted to touch on, because having you on the show, when I'm looking at Notre Dame's team, and this is, again, just being critical, looking at it through, like, a championship lens, forgive me, everybody, but, like, Blake Fisher, our right tackle, like, he's good. And he was a five-star, and, you know, we rarely get five-stars, and, like, you got to kind of treat him with kid gloves. It's tough to be, you know, objective in terms of – like, he hasn't been playing great. And I'm like, man, could you kick him into the guard? He's going to play guard in the NFL. He doesn't have the feet to play tackle. Okay. And could you put Emil Wagner at right tackle, you know, who's a, an elite athlete? He's a little on the smaller side, Chris. Younger. How do you wait – just talent versus experience. What matters more to you if you were to put together a team? You know, just raw ability versus experience. You know, we've got a linebacker, Jalen Sneed. You know, incredible, violent player. He's still a little bit learning the game, but it's like, right. man, we got to get that talent on the field. Right. What do you think? And I come from that old school method of, and again, this is kind of during that, that host period where you know he brought in these amazing athletes and I'm sure they had on their whiteboard what they were going to do but like I was a linebacker and I went to the same high school that Dick Buckus went to so like I wanted to be the best freaking linebacker in Notre Dame but I guarantee that on their whiteboard they were like his fat ass is going to be down on the, on, 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 on the line right but you look at the like Todd Light Todd Light came in as a receiver um, you know, he wound up getting drafted, I think, in top five as a corner. All-Americans should be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Andy Heck, came in as a tight end, was an amazing uh, offensive tackle. Frank Stamps came as a fullback, defensive and All-American. So I came from the era where guys wanted to be on the field and they were willing to do anything, right? So my best friend, uh, who I just talked to yesterday's birthday was a couple days ago, Tim Ryan. He came in from Kansas City, Rockers, as a linebacker with me, and his ass was offensive guard. Hmm. I mean, whole, the whole squad, like, there were the majority of guys that were playing early for Holtz, they had actually switched positions. And so I'm of that generation where 
let's put the best athletes out there that'll help us win. Now, like you're saying, you know, again, a new generation, you know, if you move somebody, are they going to transfer? If you move somebody, you know, are, are they going to leave the team? And I think that's up for, to the coaches to get, hopefully implement that mentality of like, you know, we're a team here and it takes X amount of people to make this successful. I want you to be part of it, but I think you're going to be a better DB than you're going to be a receiver. And mm-hmm. Todd Light was not happy, but guess what? I mean, he, he played the Super Bowl. I mean, he, he, he really accomplished a lot. And so when you think about that, that's the mentality that I come from. So if somebody needs to be, if somebody needs to move in order to, for the betterment of the team, that has to be done. So you're saying, look, we'll take you, for example, you're recruited as a linebacker. You know, they sold you that pipe dream, right? right. You know, you're going to come here and play Mike. And, and, and I heard that Bo Simbacher was going to make me a nose guard. So I was like, I'm not even take a visit there because I don't want to play, I don't want to play on the D-line. So Bo was honest with you and you were like. Right. <laughs> I was like, Sorry, Bo. Hook, line, and sinker. They got you. That's a good recruiting, though. That's good recruiting. Yeah, you see that they'll recruit some, you know, white tailback and, like, he day one training camp shows up. It's like, here's your defensive playbook, son. You know, you're playing safety <laughs> or whatever it is. But, but again, to these examples that you're citing, Chris, these are younger guys that kind of beat out more experienced guys just because they had more ability. Sure. Is that what we're saying? Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, and again – it was, but they're also willing to, right? Because, sure. again, different generation, but, I mean, you had Ricky, Ricky Waters. He, he moved from receiver to running back, back to receiver. I mean, he was moving all around, and we were successful. And so, you know, so that's – and then he goes in the pros. He should be in the Hall of Fame. And the Talbot, he had an amazing career, right? But it was, are you willing to help the team win and not be selfish and say, hey, I should be a – right guard versus but um you know hey you know the damn man tackler whatever whatever the situation would be yeah no it's interesting because why why even there's a defensive lineman it's mike you with me you're muted i'm here brother tyson ford's from chicago right st louis sorry we got a defensive lineman tyson ford and you could just see it chris like, this kid puts on 20, 30 pounds. He's going to be a long, athletic three. But Tyson wants to play strong side end. And it's like he he's going back and forth. And it's like, Chris, your future is at three. And the coaches are letting him move back. to He lost weight, right? When do you hear of a college defensive lineman losing weight? Right, right. And those coaches are doing that to kind of just satiate him for another year. But it's like, you're delaying the inevitable. Get back inside. <laughs> well, and let's hope, right? So let's hope that they feel that he's young enough that they're going to try him out, you know, at this other, at this other position and let him realize, you know, Hey, yeah. and that's really the thing, right? It's, it's when you get that taste of being out there playing, like, I mean, I got moved before I even like stepped foot in the stadium. And so I was just like, okay, sure. I'll move to nose guard. The hell's a nose guard, you know? But I, again, I did it because Holt said that, you know, it's going to make our team better. So I was like, great, you know, I'm in. And then I was grateful because then I could start eating actual meals instead of salads because I was trying to be a, a svelte linebacker. I get if, it. If I may, Ghouls. Please. We got to pay some bills and then uh, hear from a, uh, a sponsor real quick. So let's go ahead and uh, this is a good one. 
Homefield's one of the coolest sponsors we have. Uh, it's based out of Indy, and they have uh, officially licensed comfortable clothing. Um, I've got a couple of their items. Uh, I'm not wearing it right now. Do people but... sell non-comfortable clothing? I'm just wondering. Just wondering. Uh, I'm sure it exists, but uh, that's not Homefield. And uh, the, the best. The best thing about Homefield is their designs, the Notre Dame designs in particular. I love Goolsby knows I love this uh, Notre Dame tennis uh, crew neck um, that they have. That I will I will get one of these days. They really went back into the archives, the old school Notre Dame designs. Nice. And what they've created is very unique and thoughtful. It's authentic and really shows the nostalgia of Notre Dame. Can't wait to see you folks wearing uh, your Homefield apparel. At Notre Dame, I actually had someone message me on the message board uh, the other over the weekend. They said, "Hey, I'm coming up for the Ohio State game. What's that website again? Uh, and, and what's your promo code, folks? It's HomeFieldApparel.com, and the promo code is BlueGold23. You'll get 15% off uh, your first purchase. So uh, maybe you're looking to get something for yourself, and then God forbid if you have like a Michigan or Michigan State fan in your family or something, you can even get them something too. Over uh, 150 colleges they have licenses uh, to make. Um, you know, gear for, for the different colleges. So uh, be prepared for this fall by shopping today at homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code bluegold23 um, and receive 15% off your purchase. So just a quick note to, for folks watching live. I am enjoying this banter back and forth with the former Notre Dame captains here. So we're not going to spend a ton of time on Super Chats, um, but we're going to go through these real quick, Mike. Um, yeah, I think go Irish said, yeah, go ben Morrison's Sorry. influence so far. He's played every defensive snap, hardly hear his name. What do you see so far that isn't obvious to us? I'll add, Mike, just my quick two cents. Probably a good thing, right? I mean, Notre Dame, no one's really testing Notre Dame down the field. I mean, it's probably it's not a bad thing. I mean, but he, no, yeah, I mean, they, uh, Tennessee State tried him a couple times, and he looks sharp. He looks great. My concern, um, Ben Morrison's probably going to be a first-round pick to answer that question. Uh, as far as influencing a game, you're going to be playing Myron Harrison Jr. in a couple weeks. So right. just grab your popcorn for that. Oh, hope so. He got injured. Uh, someone can let me know what the status of him is. I just know he came up. Oh, fascinating. Fascinating. Um, my my concern was, was, was Cam Hart, the opposite corner, number five, George. You know, he's a fifth-year player. You know, you and I are kind of wired similarly, Chris, for whatever reason. It's just like I watch Cam Hart play, and I'm like, that's a kid that thinks he's better than he is, just in terms of like the there's a they kind of leaked a uh, leaked a little bubble screen or something against Tennessee State, and he's like in cover two coverage. And it what should have been a knockout shot, you know, the running, you know, the running back, whatever's looking back, and then it, he ended up being a missed tackle. I need Cam Hart's play to go up in terms of if this is a championship level team. Well, and it's one of those things, kind of like what we were talking about before, is if I got to shut down corner, like, on the other side, like, at the end of the day, honestly, I'm going to be – I'm going to have a field day because they're going to be throwing everything to my receiver, right? Sure. And so now I'm going to use the fact that I got this other guy who's going to be, you know, first-round guy in a couple of years. I want to use that to my advantage. So now I'm going to go out there. I'm going to stay after practice a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm going to try to hone down my skills because I know, guess what? I'm going to be the guy that they're going to be throwing at, right? Yeah. Because they got the shutdown corner on the other side. So I look at that as like a great opportunity. And again, I don't know kind of his mindset, 
But that's kind of my mentality. It was like, you know, hey, this would be great. Like when, when we had um, a kick-ass offensive line or, or we had a, a great running back, I mean, it, was, it, was, it was almost a challenge that you had to accept on your own. And again, at the end of the day, you are the only person to know if you actually did well or not, right? I yeah. mean, yes, you got the film and you got the coach that are going to be on your ass, but you need to be able to say, hey, I want to accept this challenge. And if he's talking about maybe going on to the next level, he's going to see that every day anyway. Well, he's, I mean, he's an NFL talent, NFL dimensions. He's an ex wide receiver. He's a captain. But I'm just like, you know, I just, you can gauge that kind of energy that comes through your screen or it doesn't. And I just don't feel that alpha energy from Cam. And, you know, it's going to be a long season. It's a contract year for him. He's a fifth year senior. He's going into the league. So, um, yeah, I just want to see more electric play from him. What's the next one, Mike? All right. Uh, Andrew says, don't want to derail the conversation, but Goolsby had some strong message board takes on Dion. I would love to hear his opinion over the win on TCU. So I'm going to go, and I'll see you guys back in 15 or 20 minutes when you guys are done discussing Dion Sanders. So you boys go ahead. Chris, do you want to kick this one off? What do you think about Dion? So I am not a fan of the way he's done what he's done. I'm all for former players having opportunities to be coaches, but I can't see a coach going into a new program and literally in the first team meeting saying, Hey, none of you guys are going to be here. I mean, the, the challenge of a coach. And again, I know these are totally different times. The challenge of a coach, would be, hey, let me take this 1-11 team and make them champions. But that's not the conversation. The conversation was, look, y'all were 1-11, y'all suck, I'm bringing my own people in. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I'm old school, so for me, like, I learned leadership. I learned lessons from my coaches. And I'm not going to learn leadership from a guy who's going to walk in and say, Hey, you guys are one. And because apparently no blame went to the former coaching staff. It was all you guys, everybody in this room. So, so that's kind of my take is that, you know, I, I love, I want to see former players have success, which I was amazed. I mean, I watched the whole game it was amazing, but it's just the way he did it. I'm not a very big fan of. Yeah. So do you respect it though? Respect the process or respect what he's, what he's done. Respect what? <sighs> Like, so I might not be a fan of something, but I respect it. Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm hearing you say, or am I putting words in your mouth? Uh, well, you're putting words in my – I mean, <laughs> I am i don't like the process. Okay. And so anything that kind of resulted from doing something negative, even though it's positive or negative, that I'm not a fan of. Like, I mean, I think, again, former player, having success, that's great. And it's obviously great for those kids. I mean, being 1-11 – but none of those kids are there anymore. Yeah. And so I would have felt better. And again, I'm not in this situation. Deion has to win. I mean, I understand that. But again, I come from a different cloth where my coach, I, what I would be used to is Holtz walking in there, which he almost did. Like they were, they were, five, Notre Dame was five and six when Luke Holtz came in. And in three years, he won a national championship. And so I, I would envision Holtz coming in there. And, you know, kicking ass, maybe kicking some guys off teams. But he would have took that, those same guys who were in that locker room that won 11. And build them up. Exactly. 
Exactly. So, so th- th- that's my only thing. No, that's in- that's. I mean, that's an interesting take. And to the question, Andrew, I don't remember what my strong take was, but I was just. I think it was more something to the effect of like you got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, nobody saw this coming. I understand why people don't like Deion Sanders, the man, the arrogance. Sure. But I'm just such a fan of like excellence. You know, I mean, he was he was an all-timer. I mean, almost one of a kind as an athlete, as oh, a persona. Absolutely. He's one of a kind. Absolutely. And I could he's almost like a pro wrestler. It's like he took <laughs> pro wrestling into professional sports, right? Sure. Like mainstream professional sports. And um yeah, I don't know if that's a hot take or whatever, but I'm just again. Sometimes you don't have to approve of anything if he's not breaking any rules or doing any, yeah, doing anything out of bounds. He just he he changed the team's oil. It's like we got dirty old oil. It's like I'm just gonna flush the system. We're gonna we're gonna bring in some new blood. No, you I'm might not be a fan of it, but it worked. It changed, changed the tires and changed the, the seats. Of the, I mean, he he changed everything in it. Some bitch. Everything. Hey. Everything. It's so running good, though. Oil, that, it's was, running good, that was one of about 60 things he changed. Yeah. All right, another one here from a Go Iyer. She says, Parker got praised for play calling in game one. Anything stand out about his play calling in game two better slash worse than uh, game one con- uh, concerns heading into serious football? Mike? You're building. There's a few different formational things. Same, same personnel groupings. You know, he went 10 a couple times. He still likes empty. There, again, there's still – we said this before. There's – in so many ways, it's still Coach Reese's offense. Like, he, he's going five wide. Everybody's running stop routes. It's like, I hate that. Get rid of it. You know, let's go vertical, you know, run up the seams, things like that. A um, couple new running plays. You know, you see a couple guard pulls. Week one, it was a counter. This week, not so much. A little bit more outside zone. So, he's building. Um, but, yeah, I think he's, I think he's calling – Got the tight ends involved this week. The big thing is, is like the splash plays. Like if you go back to like Bama scoring drives, like one play, 47 yards, you know, another drive, two plays, they go 50 yards and two plays. We saw a few more chunk plays in the run game this, this week, you know, 20 yard, 30 yard ish type runs. But that's what going back to Chris, you know, looking at this thing through like a championship lens those championship elite programs, modern day football, like splash play, splash play, splash play. That's what we kind of want to see, you know, the Tobias Merriweather, the whole thing. We want to see Sam Hartman push the ball. So maybe he's still keeping that whole thing. What you mentioned, apparently we didn't know, but we had uh, an amazing kick-ass offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, right? No one knew it, you know, Hmm. except um, Nick Saban. What'd you think about Coach Reese as a? I wasn't impressed, and hmm. so and again, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I was freaking amazed when he became the offensive coordinator. I mean, I was like, and apparently, I don't know Jack because obviously Nick Saban knows I have a lot more than I do, and you know, he, he kind of saw some opportunities there. But I was like, what does he see that that that, that I don't? That's amazing. Interesting. Well, let's dig. Let's dig because I think I got something here. So I liked Coach Reese. I didn't like him as a recruiter with quarterbacks. I didn't. I do think that Brian Kelly kind of hamstrung Reese. You know, Kelly liked a certain type of like three-star kind of like meh quarterback. That's what Kelly liked. Right. 
Um, we could talk about Coach Reese's development, but in terms of play calling, well, I didn't think it was bad. Last, last thought, I didn't think it was bad. And then you have to look at like the assemblage of talent that he had. Again, he had a jockey, should have been on the back of a horse, and he's playing quarterback for Notre Dame. I thought he he made lemonade out of the lemons that he was given. You know what sure, I mean? And, 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 and I agree with that. But, but I think what what Tommy needed, which is what he did, I think he needed to get out of that Notre Dame bubble, sure. right? Because I mean, he was handpicked by by Brian, and literally went from QB coach to offensive coordinator. Everybody's like, "What the hell? How is this happening?" And I think that he need in order. For him to go on to his career, I think he needed to kind of get under, get away from Brian, even when, you know, apparently Brian made up that offer to go to LSU. Like he needed to get away from that. And so I was impressed that he stayed with Marcus because he needed to kind of get, I thought the motivation behind that was I need to get it from under Brian Kelly because, like, I'm literally going to be pigeonholed in his freaking offense. Yeah. Part, part, part of the thing when you hire Freeman as head coach was keeping the band together. And from that 2021 Brian Kelly staff, everyone is gone except for Chris O'Leary and all well, Mike Mickens. But it's kind of crazy. Even the strength coach is gone. Strength coach know? is gone. Yeah. So, yeah, this is Marcus Freeman's program. This is yeah. Marcus Freeman's program. But you're right. Brian Kelly was. Tommy Reese's daddy, and I think he's got a new one down there in Bama. And, and, and oh boy, he got it. It's funny because when all that shit was going down in Northwestern, oh uh, his name popped up, right? And yeah. I think he was like a GA there for like 10 minutes or some shit like that, which is crazy, right? And I'm pretty sure that Nick called and said, Listen, these are my offensive coordinators in the last seven years. Yeah. They're all at SEC teams and the coaching, or even better, right? Or if not there, there's somewhere else. So if your dumbass goes to Northwestern because you were there for five minutes, I'm going to fire your ass right now. Stay here. Your ass will be an SEC coach in, in a couple of years. Or go to the or go to the NFL. And I think that's where ultimately, you know, if you look at, you know, a guy that doesn't probably love to recruit. And I've talked to Coach Reese in the sure. phone a handful of times. And, bro, he's like 31 going on 65. Like, he is like a <laughs> faulty – He's like a curmudgeon at like 30. I'm like, bro, oh, relax. But uh, yeah, I think he wants to go to the league and just, you know, sit in a dark room and, and draw well, up offense. But wouldn't you, right? I mean, if, if you weren't a recruiter, I mean, like, isn't that, and that's like the ultimate job, right? Because once you become an NFL coach, you're there for life. Mm-hmm. Even yeah, though there's 32 likely. teams, you're going to get recycled for about the next 30 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting too, because. God, that's so true because it's like, uh, you know, uh, oh, I can't think of – of course, I can't think of any old coach. But, yeah, it's like he, he's coaches. He's at the Chargers. Now he's at the Redskins. Wait, how about McNulty was kind of like that before getting Jesus to Notre Dame? Christ. But now the NFL has got this new crop of younger coaches that have come in, you know, and they'll stick around for the next 30 years, you know. Right, right. And then, like, you know, Tom Reese, the offensive coordinator there, then it becomes the – he'll be the tight end coach for the Saints – and then from there, he'll be, you know, the quarterback coach for so uh, the Ravens. And then he'll get an opportunity, and then it, it might not work out, but then he'll be the offensive coordinator for the Browns. And yeah, he'll get, a D, later, he'll, get he'll get a DUI, he'll get a DUI, and then he'll be the, <laughs> you know, the, 
but you know, the quality control guy, or he'll be the special assistant. Hey, or man, whatever, hey, you know, yeah. hey Ooh, Saban is a safety net. Thank God for Saban, man. Because you look at, I think last year, um, college game day, or maybe it was two years ago, they did like a little segment on kind of like, it was, it was almost like second chance you, right, for coaches. And there was a list of like eight coaches that had fucked up somewhere and literally went to Nick and became a quality control guy after making like eight million. And then literally within three years, he's the he's the officer or he's the head coach at USC or something. I think Sark, yeah, Sarkeesian's one of them. Yep. You know, yep. and yeah. then it was the yeah. guy from uh, Maryland. Um that head coach, he had actually beat the shit out of one of his assistant coaches when he was at New Mexico or something like that, bounced around a little bit, went over to, to the, the house of Sabin. And then in a couple of years, he was an offensive or he was a head coach at a at a Big Ten school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saban, okay. yeah, Saban takes them all in, you know. Hey He's, man, uh, somebody has to. Yeah, please drink responsibly, folks. There you go. <laughs> all right, uh, trash says the rest were trash. Uh, when Hardman puts <laughs> into the end zone, I held my breath. What is with the gold captain patch for Joe Walt and Bertrand? I want to bring up the refs thing. Like, I don't know if you guys watched. I mean, you were at the game, um, Chris. The I don't know if you guys, no, the the Antonio Carter one. I'm gonna we're gonna pull this up. Okay. Copyright be damned. Um, so I'll set it up as you as you're pulling it up there, Michael. So I think it was our first kick return. Well, you were there, Chris. Right, I, our first I, kick return. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm talking about the uh, Carter one. That's the four. Well, no, I think you can't talk about Carter being ejected without the missed targeting against right. us in the game. Is that fair? Yeah. 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 The, yeah. the Ford one I thought was targeting too. So, I mean, kick return, our kick returners come in, he gets, you know, double, double pinched and gets knocked out of the game. Poor right. kid. Fast forward. This happens. But you tell me like, everyone in the chat yesterday, in our, our post game show was like that Carter thing was not, and I'm like, okay, but when you see this replay, he he did kind of hit the shoulder, but then you see him hit the head. Like, I'm not saying I agree with the rule, but like by the rule, like that looks like targeting to me, right? That's targeting. Look, Mike, as a defensive player, I mean, you're going in there, you may have your eyes set, dead set on this dude's shoulder. There's that's targeting. Mm-hmm. <sighs> And, and he makes his move, and all of a sudden, instead of you're hitting your shoulder, you're hitting his head. I mean, it, it's bullshit. I mean, I, I don't. I have a huge issue with targeting defensive players in college and the NFL. It's ridiculous. To- totally with you. They should change the rules. Targeting one, targeting two. This would have been, in my opinion, this is either no targeting or a targeting one. And if you get two targeting ones, you're out. Or if you just have a straight targeting two, where it's super blatant. You're out. But to me, like, uh, just the, again, probably not targeting, sure. But, like, I mean, people on the message board last night were like, there is no other explanation than the tennis, the, the refs were in cahoots to go get Notre Dame. They're, I mean, they're, like, hell-bent on this. And I'm like, how can you look at this, what I have on the screen, and say 1,000%, without a doubt, I will Give my life. I'll put my life on the line to say that by the rules, this is not targeting. When you see that, I just, w- w- am I living in the freaking twilight zone? Like, 
Well, but also being part of the media, you're able to kind of freeze it here. And which, you know, if you this freeze is from enough TV. things, this is what they did. This is what they did on TV. But no, but 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 but, but I'm saying if you if you get the, the the right angle, literally, and this is my the lawyer part coming out on me. I mean, anybody can make it look like targeting, right? If you slow it down, slow enough. But if it's there, it's there. I don't know. I, I, I'm getting. I'm not saying that it was, but I'm just saying to to put your whole life on the line to say, oh yeah, that was not. I mean, there's enough there to say. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But I don't know. I guess that's the. Only I think. I think it's targeting. I think obviously. Ooh, Goolsby's not true anymore. The penalty is so stiff, Chris. They're trying to like completely eliminate it from the game. Like you're gonna miss time, you're gonna do time, ostensibly. If you if you, yeah, the the, the rule probably well, which is shitty because if you're a senior, your last game your senior year, you know first first quarter first half, you know you go in for a tackle and the running back puts his head down further. I yeah, mean, you're out. Like it's bullshit. Yeah, no, I, I just and, and, and there's got to be a better I'm way for doing something, but. I think what we're not looking at is what is the offensive player doing as well, right? If, if we're seeing them blatantly put their head down, kind of lean into it, then, you know, is that fair? I don't know. Because man. if I'm I mean, a running back coach, I'm going to say that anytime, anytime somebody's running towards you, fucking put your head in there so you be targeted. I was never – you know, Chris, you've been around football. You've been in the league. Like some guys have that innate ability that last, you know, two inches of before contact where they can, you know, pop right. people. I never had the ability no, to do that. I didn't. No. I, yeah, I was a pretty good tackler. So I never really had a big hit like that. But yeah, you gotta. There's 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 more to it where you know you got to have more shoulder in it. I mean, these plays where these guys is where their heads are extended like a missile. Yeah, that's a bit of a, a red flag where they're going to call the targeting. My biggest thing with targeting is just how it screws up the flow of the game. It's like, all right, buddy, ref, you're on the clock. You got 90 seconds to, to make a determination here. This waiting five, six minutes, it just kills me. I hate yeah. it. It's not good for the players either. Yeah. But also, fellas, it's Tennessee State. Who gives a shit? You know, you know what I'm like, <laughs> like, let's move on, you know? Or or we cannot move on. Because your boy's just risking it for the biscuit here. Fine. Oh, he's playing it. Yeah, this is not what I like to do, but YOLO. Maybe I'll try to like I just don't want to get copyrighted. But so this isn't targeting to me, Chris, because like he's running the ball. Right. Like he's not a defenseless player. Like right. you're, you know, he's running the ball. This is pretty routine to me. All right. Pretty so... routine. Yeah, that looks that looks pretty damn clear, right? That's yeah, that's but, that seems to me right there more targeting than the no, Carter. Yeah, one. and I agree. But, you do? but oh, I just I completely I'm on the complete. I but just look at the head; way. it's the well, head contact. Here's the thing: that defensive player on the left, right? Yeah, on the left, he's not going in for his head. He's trying to he's trying to put his head across the bow. And the and the person with the ball is leaning forward. That's how I see it. And then again, this is one of those things where and he's going to come in 
So right here, he's not looking at that dude's helmet. He's trying to get his whole body across and see his head's going to go to, again, this is a defensive players. That to me isn't targeting. And I'll say this for all the fans that think that's targeting. Zorch, I can't imagine you ran down on kickoff team beyond high school. But uh, <laughs> hey, no, well, I did my first couple of years in the league. Uh, I had to make the team, you know. You did? You ran down? At what did you weigh back then? Well, I was on kick return, but that's okay. That's okay, cool. that's a different story. <laughs> but that wedge, that wedge doesn't play either. Uh, if you were on the wedge, I assume. Right, that's true. But, I mean, you've got to, fans, if you're watching, like, you've got to be brave to run down on kickoff. And to make a tackle like that is not an easy thing to do. Like, you have to be brave to do that. I mean, that was a nice tackle. That wasn't targeting to me. It just wasn't. I wish it wasn't, but I think that was. Just the, the head. I mean, head-to-head contact now is, like, targeting, like, all the time, right, on a, on a tackle. So, but I, I'm with you guys. I'm sure if you had an offensive guy here, I'm sure he'd have a little different perspective. Yeah, Singer's uh Singer was fifth team all conference wide receiver in high school. <laughs> oh snap. Hey Zorich, Patrick asked a little bit earlier in the show, are you still gonna do the top 16? Oh, speaking about that, yes, we are. Our first show is gonna be tomorrow. So the Super 16 poll show, and you'll be able to see it on my YouTube channel. Which I am pulling up right here for folks. So if you are not following Chris Zorich, he's only got 2.75k YouTube subscribers. We got to get that up to 3,000 like tonight. That's yesterday. To me. I'd appreciate that. So, yeah, just if you YouTube search Kurt Sorich, he, he will he'll show up. So, it's a live stream, right? Yes. And it, it is, it, it's a great opportunity to kind of see us. It is, we have a great time. Phil Toshin is my producer sidekick, and it, it, he's a great, great coach himself, but. The idea that we're able to kind of break down the top 16 teams, it's awesome. And I and I got a lot of shit last year because I, I was really honest about Notre Dame. I didn't put them in the top 10 until I thought they belonged. And then uh, we got one more thing for you to plug, Zorich. TheMiniClover.com. Yes. Where I'm actually at now. So I am actually sitting – doing this interview from the mini clover which is, is a great opportunity for folks they're interested in hanging out we got um we're open for central michigan and wake forest still everybody else we're all booked but it's, it's a great opportunity and what makes us our place a little unique is i'm the Sorry person that. that's going to check you in and i'm gonna hang out with you for an hour and all that stuff that you showed mike earlier that's those on the table yeah, it's all the stuff that I autograph for folks. So, a couple jerseys, um, helmet, football, all that stuff. I'll sign for you. Have a great, uh, yeah, all that stuff. I'm gonna sign for you. So, and you can see, like, if you reverse the table, that's where I'm actually sitting right now. So, I'm, I'm singing all my glory. I love it. So, check cool. it out, folks. Mike. This is the uh, this is the old version of trying to get some nil money. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's so funny. Manyclover.com, sleep six. I mean, yep. that that's that sorry. We got a fire pit and everything. It, it's it's a great opportunity, man. I love it's it, man. Fun. It's such a good a good for you, dude. It's very smart. Yeah. Very smart to do this. Two well, thoughts. I, I wish I could say I wish I could take all the credit, but it was my wife's idea. Well, I need to get your I had your number from when we hung out in Japan, and I, I don't know if you got a new number or what, or I think okay. I got your number, but I want to get in touch with you. Absolutely. 
You remember that night in Japan, by the way? Oh, uh, exactly. I'm going to say no. I remember half of it. Perfect. That was that makes, sense. Jack Daniels. makes about sense. Yeah. Um, the YouTube channel, Chris, you know, as a YouTuber myself, folks, go subscribe to the page, like the videos. Like a lot of effort goes into this stuff. You know, there's no reason you, Chris, shouldn't have three, four, five, six, seven, ten thousand followers. You know, well, thank you. Well, hopefully, it's now we're on your show. I might, I might, that might happen now. You know? I'm telling you, man, any YouTube video I watch, brother, that's like interesting or helpful, like I'll like and so I mean, I probably subscribe to 2,000 things on YouTube. What do I care? You know, you're well, supporting well, somebody but else. That's because you're, you're, you're in it. Like you, you, you sure. understand it. You, 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 you have understand that, that you, that YouTube algorithm that folks got to realize and say, I need to like it and subscribe. And my, the, the folks that I'm watching will get that credit and everything else. So, yeah. yeah. And you're not going to you get, uh, it. You're not going to get like spam emails. Just subscribe to it. I <laughs> right. forgot what I forgot what my second thought was going to be. Oh, I was going to ask you at the uh, the mini clover. Do you charge extra to greet them in a kilt, or is that just like the base wow, price? The kilt. Okay. See, that, that, that's interesting. Interesting. So that started last year because I was fortunate enough to do the NBC alumni broadcast. After we got our ass kicked by Marshall, um, I did that. And I wanted to kind of shake things up. So I actually put the kilt on and thought that that might be a tradition, which I was going to do. But this game, it was fucking 90 degrees outside. And there was no way I was going to put that on a wool, 100% wool, wool, wool kilt. Sorry. Okay. But no, so that is not. However, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to sell my soul, but. If they make a special request for the kilt, you know, for an extra couple of ducats, you know, make yeah, it negotiable. Everything's negotiable. <laughs> That's right. I love All it. All right. Hey, I want to go watch this uh, LSU FSU game. I got to hurry up and root against Brian Kelly. All right. Damn, and, that, uh, that was a horrible segue, man. Jesus, you need to you need to get better segues, man. That's, and that's Singer's job. I feel a cramp coming, so I gotta I gotta there head you out. Go. Okay, that, 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 that's worse. That's I, I, I Mike, I, I like this better, Goldsby. <laughs> well, boys, fantastic show, Chris. You are welcome anytime. Thank you, uh, Goldsby. I sent you Chris's number, so oh, you, you, yeah. you boys get in touch. Yeah, Chris, you are seriously welcome anytime. Thank you, you are a fantastic guest. Uh, but yeah, folks, please do hit the thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out homefieldapparel.com. Uh, please subscribe to Chris Zorich's YouTube channel. Again, just go to YouTube, search Chris Zorich. You'll probably find this podcast or this video, but then you'll find his YouTube channel as well. TheMiniClover.com if you want to stay um, you know, in South. But you said Central Michigan. What was the other game, Chris? Uh, Wake Forest. And then it, we're, we're actually we're, – we're, we're available throughout the year as well, so – so yeah, I mean, you get to meet Chris Zorich. I mean, pretty pretty awesome opportunity there. I think for my B and B, we might have to do a meet the Mike Singer. But I don't think anyone wants to meet. Hello, Mike I don't know. Yeah. After this show, I don't know. I don't know, Clemson fan. I got a B and B in Clemson. I don't. <laughs> maybe if I were a Clemson writer, but I am not, and never will plan to be. But anyways, um, yeah, folks. Mike Singer, you would things. just charge extra, like they can give you a noogie. That's what you know. You would then, Goul then Goolsby will be renting that place <laughs> often. <laughs> All right, folks, but that is going to wrap up uh, this edition of the Mike Goolsby Show. Appreciate you guys. Have a safe night. And Thanks, we'll catch Chris. You Thanks, guys. Had a good time. It was good seeing you guys.